greater than all the sadness of the world and greater than our own personal despair. So in what God has done, we'll find reasons for a quiet and joyful confidence that will last into eternity. We was talking about the wind that's supposed to be present tomorrow. I was talking to a lady probably my age or a little older, and she said, I don't worry about it because if God wants to spare my property and tire everybody else's up, he can do that. And we see that. A tornado will go through and, you know, and some houses right in the midst are never touched. And I think God does that in my life, in your life, on a day-to-day basis. But let's go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1. Beginning with verse 3, Galatians 1, 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always to you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof you've heard before in word of the truth of the gospel, which come unto you as it is in all the world and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth, as ye also learn of Apris and dear fellow servants, who is for you a faithful and minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also sense the day that ye heard it. Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of the will of wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 9 ought to be our prayer forever, brother and sister, that we know that is saved, that we would not cease to pray for you and to desire that he might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We accept uncomfortable situations if we know that God is permitting it. He is allowing it and may even send it. You know, all good and you know, blessed blessings come from God. Although God may not send unpleasant things in my life, he allows it. He can stop it any time that he wants to. 
There's no doubt in my mind that everyone that has cancer, you know, and if you had those situations in your family, you know, the word cancer just makes them stop. But God could stop that from going to my life or your life if he wants to. So why does he allow? Uh, most time it takes something bad in our life for our, us to get back to where we should be all time in God. You know, I mean, if we be honest, we pray more when we have a reason. But if we be honest with ourselves, we have a reason every day. It's, it's hard telling uh, what could have happened to me from Carlisle to Scythiana if God was not my pilot. I never use the term, he's my co-pilot. If he's your co-pilot, then you need to change seats. God is in charge of my life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And he sends blessings, but he also allows uh, those things that are not so pleasant sometimes. But here in verse 10, you know, he says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, this is a secular lesson, but why we need to be in church faithfully and why we need to read our Bible daily, it is through knowledge that we realize how good God is to us. And he's good to us. I mean, he, he is good to us. So we, we need to r realize that. In verse 11, it says, Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power and to all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Now, I realized for me to be saved, I had to hear the word of God, the spirit of God had to bear witness with that word, and he sometimes allows circumstances in our life that will cause us to be drawn closer to him. But, Colossians 1.12 said, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers. In other words, it is God who made changes in my life and especially my mind that I may look at the blessings that God has bestowed upon me and know that it was him and not me that did that who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. All of God, you know, when you open the word of God and you study it, everything that happens is either God directed it or God permitted it. It's, so he, he tells us in verse 14 of our text, in whom we have redemption through his blood, 
even the forgiveness of sins. We should always remember Colossians 1, verse 14. The outline is simply, God has qualified us for his kingdom. God has changed our status and our allegiance. God has liberated us, and God has forgiven us. Now, if you take these four statements, God has qualified us for the kingdom. No man, woman, boy, or girl would be qualified for heaven by what we do or what we plan to do. But God has qualified us for his kingdom by saving us, leading us, guiding us, and directing us. God has changed our status and allegiance. When God saved me, I went from hopeless to hope. I went from facing hell to a place in glory. All of him. All of him. And God has liberated us. You know, probably most of us can look back if we're any age at all and, and we look at our life, what, what it was five years from now, uh, previous or ten years. And when you're as old as I am, you can look back and say, what was my life 50 years ago or 60 years ago? God changed it to prepare us, to us to be fitted, you know, we would not, we would not feel comfortable or blessed if this body went to glory. But we're going to get a, a new body soon. And that new body is fashioned like unto the Lord's. So as we look at Galatians chapter 1 and verse 12, God has qualified us for the kingdom, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers, you know, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. God made the change. God made me willing to want to change, you know. So we look at Romans chapter 5 and, and Galatians one twenty one, And let's look, since we're in Galatians right now, let's look at Galatians one twenty one, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind. First time I ever read the book of Galatians and studied the book of Galatians, it was amazed me that the first proof that a lost person is not in Christ but is fallen Satan starts in the mind. To be translated from a lost person to a saved person, we all say, well, 
is, is a change of heart. But it starts in the mind. It starts in the mind when we see ourselves lost, undone, or on our way to hell, and deserving hell in the mind. And then, of course, when God saved me, he gave me a new heart, a spiritual heart of understanding that I could see myself as I truly was and look at hope that is in Christ Jesus. There is uh, nothing as, as wonderful as to know, to know, that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is nothing. This is only possible through the death of Jesus Christ. You know, we look in Galatians chapter 1, verse 12, uh, you know, it said, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. Now, you know, I don't see how anybody saved or lost if you could read that verse and understand that giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. And what he usually does, unless you're saved at a very young age, your life is a mess. Your life is a mess. And you turn to God because in this body we have tried everything. We visited this church to that church. We were baptized. We would go to another church and be baptized. You know, everything trying to make ourselves acceptable to the Lord. You know, I was just talking to a family a couple weeks ago, and, and I do believe that they'll visit. Uh, but, you know, he said, you know, that we were trying to find something tangible that could make our marriage better. We were trying to find something tangible that would bring that happiness that we had when we were first married. Well, there's only one that can do that, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Finances will help. Moving into the house of your dream, buying that car, whatever you're doing. But all that is temporal. That is temporal because that new car will, will age. You know, I've, I've shared this with you. When, uh, when I started at IBM and I bought a new car, you know, I'd park that thing, I don't know how far, and walk, you know, so nobody would hit it. But after a few weeks of walking, especially in the rain or something, hey, you know, still try to take care of it, but it loses its hold on us. But I met Jesus Christ many, many years ago, and he's new every day. What he does in and through me and promised me is new. The most exciting life, you know, as I have told everybody, when I was lost, nobody accused me of being saved. You know, some people will look at it, well, you know, so-and-so uh, came forward 
in our church this morning, and, you know, uh, I thought they were already saved, you know, because they were good, moral people. And that's wonderful. But being moral won't save you. Being moral will certainly help in the judgment seat. But whether you've got a little bit of sin in your life or a great big sin in your life, uh, that's got to be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ for true salvation. So uh, Jesus took our sin and guilt that we can be credited with righteousness. In, in other words, he did for me what I could never do for myself. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as we look at this and we see how God has blessed us. Now, y'all sort of bear with me. I've I've got me a new Bible. And, you know, you think when you get a new Bible that, you know, the books ought to be in line the way they were in the old, but the the pages stick together, and you know you can't find what you want to find. But in Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty-one, for he have made him to be what made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. A holy God, see. Jesus, the Son of God, is as much God as God is. And the Spirit is as much God as God is. Three gods in one. But every one of you this morning have three. You've got a body, you've got a soul, and you've got a spirit. And if we would take as good of care of our spiritual life, our, our our spirit and our soul, but we focus on the body because this body is your enemy. Now, people that haven't been taught that, that, that bothers them, but, but you know, uh, it started in the garden when Eve caused Adam and whatever we want to believe, Eve is not the reason I've got a depraved nature. It was Adam. Went down through the ages. So a great responsibility is upon our human race. But God said, you know, in first. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you know, about anywhere we want to look that Jesus took our sin guilt so that we can be credited with his righteousness. I'm saved because of him. I'm on my way to glory when I die, you know. Every once in a while when I'm on my way to here, 
I passed the cemetery where my wife is, is buried, and uh, and I'll drive in in there, and I'll spend a you know five or six, seven minutes uh, talking to my wife, and she's not there. The body is there, but uh, you know that uh, moment that she died, her spirit even went to hell or he went to heaven. But see, we can't see her soul. We can't see her spirit. We only seen her body. Well, the next time I see her, she will have a new body. No more cancer. No nothing except perfection. See, everyone that enters heaven will enter into heaven with a new body that has been changed. And it started. It started when you heard the word of God and the spirit of God convinced you that you could not be perfect in the flesh, although we, when we were first saved, we have every intention, I'm going to give up this and give up this and give up that. But as we continue in our life, we see that, well, you know, if we were an alcoholic, we, you know, cease to be an alcoholic and we cease to curse and we cease to do all these things that most of us consider, you know, wrong. But that inward man will never sin because he's been sanctified in the Lord. So we need to understand, and only we understand when God gives us that understanding that what we, we need, we need a new birth. We need a new birth. Clearly, nothing we do makes us fit for God's kingdom. Probably all the adults have heard this one time or another. If anybody went to heaven, my grandma did. And that's just normal. But if your grandma went to heaven, or if my grandma went to heaven, they had to experience the same thing that I experience, and I know that I know that I know that if I was to die today, you know, your arrangement's been made, you take my body down the wire, and they're going to do whatever, you know, and uh, people will come, well, then maybe somebody will, you know, and look at that corpse, but I won't be there. I'll be in glory. The body, but see, the body is our enemy. There's nothing good can come from the body. But we need salvation. We cannot earn a place in heaven. We cannot purchase a place in it. It is only because Christ and in Christ that we are qualified to share the kingdom. I mean, if you don't get anything at all out of this study, even though you may be saved, 
and I hope you are. Of course, if you're a member of this church, I definitely hope you are. But, uh, you know, uh, God tells us in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 and verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Now, let's look at something. He said, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's called me out of this world. He saved me by his precious blood. When he died upon the cross, he died for me. How do I know that? Well, I can take you to Ephesians and we will see that uh, God chose me before this, before he spoke the world in existence. But when I was born, I was born a sinner like every other individual. And I needed to be saved. So God tells us here that, but of him are ye in Christ. Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorified, let him glory in the Lord. See, I I can't do anything and be honest with myself. I quit this, I quit this, I quit this, I started doing this. That was not what saved me. That was the evidence that I was saved. You know, it's just like a marriage. You do things because you love the husband or you love the wife. But, you know, that doesn't make a marriage, but it will certainly make a marriage feasible when we express our love. Loving Jesus Christ will cause you to believe that I'm saved because you see a difference in me. If you known me when I was lost, you know there's a world of difference between the old man and the new man. Now, clearly nothing we do makes us fit for God's kingdom. We cannot earn a place in it. We cannot purchase a place in it. It is only because Christ that we qualify, that we qualify. And that's what we mean when we read, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. But of him, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Very important verse, very important terminology here. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. It's not that 
when God saved me that I wanted to give up some of my habits because along with my salvation came righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And if you looked at the meaning of those three words, I'm sure all of you know it, you know, I have no righteousness of my own. I certainly didn't quit doing some of those things that I was doing in my own power and redemption that I could not save myself. It's amazing, at least to, to me. I uh, preached in the jails for years, you know, in Lawrenceburg and Bourbon County and Harrison County. And on Sundays, we got a lot of people who were picked up on Saturday night because they were overindulging in the alcoholic beverage. So they may not have been real bad people. But as I would preach to them, and Brother Bobby Wall, who was out of our church, the greatest jail minister I've ever been a part of. I mean, you know, he, he was just, he just had that ability. But all we were doing was you know, because almost everybody, when the preacher goes in to, to the cell, and we would always end the message you know, about trying to talk to him, I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. And the very next time we was in the jail, most of the time those people were there. Because they were, they thought that's what I wanted to hear, and I did want to hear that. But see, it's like us Christians. We have trouble. You know, our wife is sick, our kids are sick, we lost our job, the marriage is on the rocks, you know. So somebody says, you need to come to church. Well, you need to come to church whether your marriage is on the rock or not. You know, if you're, you need to be in God's house with God's people. But what we find out that church, just coming to church, will not solve your problems. Coming to church, listening to the man of God, preaching God's word and not his opinion, will change. It'll change you. A little bit at a time. And we need to understand that, but we need to realize that it is God who does the saving. It is God who who causes us to have a different outlook upon life. Not us. Not our own ability. Now, you know, as we look at the Word of God and we, we see the Word of God uh, we notice something that is so important. And that is God 
rescued us from the dominion of darkness, from the tyrant of Satan. And that's what Galatians chapter 2 and verse 15, from the darkness of the ignorance of God. You know, and I would never say, and I don't think any man is truly called of God is going to go up to a lost person and say, you're ignorant. You know, that, that isn't, we have not been taught because we haven't been taught the fact that you can sit under me 52 Sundays a year. But if you're going to learn, there's two things that got to take place. First of all, I've got to speak truth, and the Spirit of God has got to bear witness with your. The Spirit of God has got to bear witness with you. And if that doesn't happen, of course, you're not going to be saved. So let, let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. God said, in whom the God, and you notice that is a little g. There are gods of this world. There is the, you know, that when we have problems, we either turn to Jehovah God or we turn to a religious God. But God tells us here, in the word of God and we look at it and we see here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse uh, 4 as we read you know that when we in whom the God the little g of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Notice verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, have shined in our hearts. Shine in our hearts, to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We need to realize that. We need to know that. And the only way we can know that is that we uh, avail ourselves to the Word of God. We read the Bible. We have someone that we can call that can, you know is going to be honest with you, going to give you a Bible answer. You know, sometimes, you know, I think all of us, and I'll, I'll use my example as we close up here. When you ask me what I feel or you ask me what will it take, I can give you my opinion from 50-some years of experience or I can go to the Word of God. Now, which one? Which one is going to help you the most? The Word of God. See, because if I give you 
some instruction that is not Bible-based, then I'm putting myself on a level with God, and that won't work. You always got to realize and see that what we need, what I need, what you need, whether you're lost or saved or indifferent, only God can change. Only God can change you. Religion won't change you. Only God. But when God changes you, he gives you a desire to be obedient to his word. Father, we thank you.